As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of Sewing Out Loud is brought to you by the Sew Here Box Refresh Edition. The Sew Here Box is a collection of curated sewing tools that you'll love to have in your sewing studio. We haven't done one in a while, and there are only 100 boxes available. Go to sewhere.com slash go slash box to order yours today. That's sewhere.com slash go slash box. Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And we are going to talk to you today about bread proofing bowls that so, are made out of clothesline that you can sew on your sewing machine so we do have a video on this and a blog post i've like written out the instructions and everything and if you if anyone goes to our so here uh facebook page or the um instagram instagram or the self-sewn wardrobe page if you haven't seen one of mallory's bowls uh you aren't you, you're you, not yeah, paying you're, attention. you're not paying attention well okay that's why we're publishing this podcast because i shared the blog post again in the newsletter yeah and people several, are wanting to know about it but several people responded they're like oh i'm so glad you did this and they are like longtime newsletter subscribers and i've shared it before so i just want to make sure that the world knows just if you have if you have missed it that you can sew your own bread proofing bowl well and this is okay right now we're like at the end of september this is like gift giving season yes. coming up oh boy this is great a lot of people have said i need to make one for my husband which i think is interesting because you know the men are baking the bread i'm, I'm impressed yeah. i'm impressed <laughs> so uh oh, i'm baking the bread well um, but what i'm saying is they're <laughs> my <it's> all right <laughs> Bread is gender neutral, yeah, but yes. but what I'm saying is they are doing it. Right. I'm 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 encouraged that so this everyone is, is interested. This is lots of so lots of people are interested in sourdough right right now because yeah that was a weird thing too during COVID that well it, yeah it's still happening uh so because it's still COVID. <laughs> And it's going to be there for a while. So you can make it a little bit more enjoyable. I, first of all, I'm not a COVID weather baker. All right. I. So she's a baker. I have baked our yeah. bread for like a long time. But I was always really uh, frustrated with sourdough because it didn't 
like make a sandwich loaf like I liked. Okay, so I wanted like to replace the sandwich loaves that we were buying in the store. And of course, with sourdough, you don't, you know, you don't get the rise like you do with, you know, commercial yeast. And so I had tried before many times to like make a sourdough starter. And, you know, one time I made one and I like neglected it and it got all gross and, um, like I had to throw the pot away that it was in, and so I have I have been. Oh, I just snorted. Yeah, that's okay. That's better than whispering. Um, so <laughs> I, yeah, I, in fact, there has to be other laugher snorters out yeah, there. Yeah, I think I just threw away like a crock that I had. You know, you're not sourdough smells weird, of course, it smells sour, but if it gets red mold or fungus that on pink it, mold. you're not supposed to, you know, mess with that. Um, my sourdough starter right now kind of smells like like rotten flowers or champagne. You know, oh. it's like a sweet so it's sour kind of, smell. So kind of, yeah, kind of a, yeah. I mean, it's fermented, you know. Right. So anyway, uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to get do this sourdough thing. And, I, and Derek was really excited. Derek loves sourdough bread. And so he was excited that I was using this as a coping mechanism as many other people were but I needed a proofing bowl I was like what is this is proofing bowl things like what is this and I was looking up some tutorials and there the name for a sourdough proofing basket is a banneton or a banneton and they are these cane baskets they're lightweight wood that you allow the dough to rise in and take the pattern. And well, right. and I had never realized, like looking at a sourdough loaf that you can buy, you know, like fancy one, like in a bakery. Right. They have those little lines of flour on them. Right. And that they're from the basket. And I was like, right. oh, I didn't know where those came from. Like right. I didn't know where those. You thought it was like the baker's secret. I had no idea. Right. You know, I knew about slashing. Uh-huh, the, right, the love, right, but right. I didn't know like what what the hell's going on with these flower lines. I, it never crossed my mind until I started to research it. And so I'm like, oh, that's where that comes from. And then, ding, 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 I remember from like 10 years ago. I think it's like 10 years ago. Or I, more. Well, I think it's about 10 because I was like I was like 21. So I'm going to be 31 in a couple of weeks, okay. you know. And uh, a customer who is a professional chef. Came into our store. Oh, that's right. Remember? Well, we were making these bowls. Okay, this was right. peak clothesline bowl. And and time. you and usually how you made the clothesline bowl is you had the clothesline and you wrapped it with fabric. Yes. As you sewed this together. Yes. So, you know, people were coming in with their bowls that look like Christmas okay. and their bowls that look like Halloween and they remember all these, th- I mean know. there were people making like vases yes. that were like three feet tall yes. with lids. There were people okay. making things and then making lids for them. Yes. Like a vessel and it had a little and lid. And then embroidering or... freestanding lace flowers right. <laughs> to, you know, embellish it with so it was these, it was it was going big time it was, at the shop. Yeah. It was. Like this was peak clothesline bowl time about 10 years ago and it's coming back i made a hat yeah it's yeah. It, but it's big time coming back and you can make a bag of right. course like a, you know it really um lends itself well to that and we're going to talk about how to actually sew these we, we promise and there's a and there's a video right right and uh there's a there's a long version and short version actually of this video um but 
it just went off in my brain that this woman used this as a bread proofing bowl. Like, because she came in and she said, this is my, I made a bread proofing bowl. And it, it was, was just Colleen, white. right? Ca- Ca- Carlene, Carlene, Carlene. She was a chef. A, yes, real, like a real, honest to God chef. chef yeah. Yes. And uh, so I didn't get it at first. It's like, okay. And like, I made bread back then. Right. And I didn't really get. The th- obviously, we, we know that Mallory did not understand what a proofing bowl was. Uh, so then it just dings in my mind, oh, my gosh, this is what she did. And I have clothesline, and I do not have a bread proofing bowl at this moment, and I have sourdough stuff. So I was like, I'll just go make one right now, right. like real quick. And so anyway, um, I did try to make one, and I failed at first, but then my second attempt – it you know it only took me one attempt to like get my uh, mojo my Mo-so. what do I want to say clothesline legs back yes. because I made a bunch of these too back right. when it was popular and the it's first a technique and it's you know it's it's a skill and you have to develop your own little technique about also, it also when you're like trying to shape something right that takes a little bit of getting used to and forethought yes yes so so you know you can make different shapes using right. the clothesline but I eventually did it and then I was like well not to keep anything simple why would I do that well and I want to say this was your idea because wasn't Carlene's very simple there was well, no design built into yes, and it. it was like an oblong okay yes. so I decided to make a bowl and there are different shapes of these there's like rounds and there's oblongs there's right. sort of rectangly ones yes so I decided to do a design on the inside, and I actually emailed Carlene. I found her email right. address, you know, and I was I, I said, you know, can I mention you in this article that I'm going to write? And she's like, I can't believe you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I put a design on the inside of mine. Which imparts it onto the loaf on of bread. Onto the loaf of bread. It is so beautiful. So you can decide... What sort of imprint you want? Yes, like it makes it your signature loaf. Yes, so you and I have made two that I use, and like I use them both today because I cook two loaves, right. you know. And I'm thinking about making more that are maybe a bit more intricate, just for fun, right. to, you know, just to play around with them. But Mallory, how do you wash it? Yeah, uh, a lot this of people are like. This is really funny. Everybody's like, it? "How do you wash no, this?" No, I like it that people ask that because I'm always. Because it's when nice people, to know people are washing yes, it. <laughs> yes, because sometimes I see people do things on the internet, and I'm like, "How are you keeping that clean?" You know. So anyway, I do. Uh, let's explain. Let me explain a little bit about the bread making process uh, before we go on. So, I use the sourdough recipe from a couple of cooks.com, and I have a link to that in the blog post. And it's kind of an all-day thing where you put your ingredients together and you slap them around. And I have to say, I've gotten really lax about the times. And I just kind of mix everything together. And then I slap it around. When I remember, everything seems to be fine. My way is working. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I just, you fold the dough throughout the day. So you feed your starter on day one. You slap your dough around all day long on day two. And... At the end of day two, you put the dough into a proofing bowl and you put it in the refrigerator overnight. Okay. And then you cook it the following day. So that overnight refrigeration 
that's where the proofing bowl comes in. And so I have my clothesline proofing bowl and my pretty design, and I flower the bejesus out of it. Now, when you get a banneton and that's made out of cane, they tell you to mix rice flour and all-purpose flour together to dust it. And I don't have any rice flour, so I just used all-purpose flour, and it's right. fine. And then I proof the... Um, the dough in there overnight, and then the next morning, I put my beautiful purple Emil Henry Dutch oven that I waited oh for several gosh. months for. That was a lot of drama. I put that in the oven, and I put a cast iron pan below it, and I preheat it to 515 degrees, and I allow it to then preheat for about 20 minutes, and then I take a piece of parchment paper, put it on my counter, and I turn out my bread from the bread proofing bowl, and it is kind of cool because you can sort of unfold your bowl you like turn right. it inside out so if it starts to stick a little bit i've yes. seen her do this you just peel the bowl back yeah and i um i've gotten better at it i've gotten better at flowering it i have though like this these loaves that i made today i over flowered i was uh -huh. being a little um generous like and a little paranoid i guess and i didn't get the lines it's like all the flour kind of stuck uh, to the bowl yeah. versus the uh, yeah. the so you didn't the get bread. the lines but it was it was fine um yeah. it didn't it doesn't really matter you're just going to eat it anyway yes uh, so then you turn it onto the parchment paper you get your dutch oven out you put the bread in there well you slash it and then you put the bread in the dutch oven do you slash it i kept forgetting to slash mine for a while um put it in the dutch oven cover the dutch oven put it in the oven and then I put a cup of ice cubes into my cast iron pan and close the oven. And that gives me steam, which is very important for, like, getting the blistery crust. Gives and you moisture. What right. every what King Arthur flower tells me. Whatever, I love King Arthur flower, okay? Um, and so you cook it for, like, 18 minutes like that. You take the cover off your Dutch oven, and then you continue to cook it for another, like, 24 minutes. This is all in their blog post. But that I just wanted to say where the proofing bowl comes in. Mm-hmm in the bread baking process. And so you have to have this bowl because the sourdough dough is super freeform. Like right. it's very wet, you know, uh, just like, and so you can allow your loaf of bread to proof in the loaf pan. But if you were to just put this in the bottom of a Dutch oven, which is something that some people do, it would just be flatter you know, and I like it to be rounder so I get better, like, sandwich, you know, making material. And it's really pretty. And it is. Okay. It's so pretty. So the one that I did the design on first, I did these, like, circles, overlapping right. kind of uh, circles. They're loops. kind of loops. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for the word loops. Yeah. that's Like when you're practicing <laughs> making L's when you learn yeah. cursive. Yeah. So they, they do. They look like interlocked O's. And, um... Yeah, it looks so pretty on the bread. And then I slashed complement whatever design was made, like, with the right. with the proofing bowls. So, like, with that one, it's nice to give myself maybe slashes between the little loops, the little O's, or to just do one big cross or something like that. And my second one, I did it much simpler, which we'll talk about in the second half of the podcast. And so it lets me play a little more. But you don't have to do the decoration. It can just be... A proofing bowl for you. Right. You know, it can just well, be simple. And if it is a proofing bowl, I mean, these can be. You, so Mallory, Mallory is not putting fabric on these. Nope. It is just the cording. It is just the cotton 
um, clothesline. And she's using, 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 she's using, she's using, uh, Mettler construction thread. Uh-huh. Okay. And when Carlene made hers, she sort of matched the thread. Okay. So it didn't yeah. look like this. And Mallory has used a well, thread of a different color. I used blue thread on this one you're holding, but on my ones in my kitchen, they're, are they they're neutral? white. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or they're beige or whatever. But you could, you, that is, that is like a cool thing you can do. Whether you're going to use it for a bread-proofing bowl or not. Right. So the – um okay, and then you need to clean it, okay? So I do put it in the washer and dryer. And someone commented on Instagram and it was like – or no, I think it was on our blog. He said, oh, can I recommend just like rinsing it and then sort of putting it on your stove to dry out um, when you are cooking something in your oven? And I was like – Why are they recommending that? Why would they- I don't know because like I guess with a normal banneton, it sort of gets like – "Quote unquote seasoned," and I'm like, oh. "This is fabric. Yeah, this is different. It needs yeah. to be thoroughly cleaned and dried yeah. well." And I don't yeah. want now. And I will say, mine has gotten like a little discolored. Yeah. Okay. So you know, there is there must be like a little bit of sort of degradation going on with the cotton or whatever. Sure. You know, which is fine. Um, but it it still functions well. But I don't want my cotton clothesline not to dry properly right. and then harbor mold yeah. and things like that and then you're uh, so i do wash them and they've gotten pretty soft yes but they still hold their structure especially then when you put something in them okay? right right so i've actually put like tomatoes in them well and i was gonna say yeah, you they're gonna a lovely well. fruit bowl yeah good fruit bowl. you know they're so um even uh chips now, you're, you take the, like, you know, chips for a party or whatever, a chip bowl. I put a napkin in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want it to grease up too much. Right, uh, right. But even the ones that are fabric covered, one of the other things I kind of liked it for, I used one for, like, to hold my makeup brushes. Like, I yeah. just laid, and then, and I could wash it. Yes, yes. You know, that was nice. And I used that for a long time, and honestly, I wore it out. I would... You know, you could cover this with fabric if you wanted to. I don't see any reason to. But I wouldn't. Yeah. If you put wet dough in yeah, there. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I mean, wouldn't. It's, it's wet. You know? I just don't think I would. Yes. Yeah, so, you know what? Dyes could leach right. onto there. Well, I'm thinking Not about making it. a fruit bowl. I, I need like a fruit and onion bowl, okay, for my RV, for my camper. Mm. And you're always worried about weight. How heavy everything is. Right. Yeah. And these are, you know, light. They're, I can throw them anywhere. I don't, I can put this inside another bowl to like guard it, the right. other bowl as a, as a line. So I'm thinking I need to come up with a couple for the RV just because they're so practical. Yeah. And so the, let's, uh, t- let's take a break and then come back and talk about construction process. Are you ready for another Sew Here box? Yeah, we haven't done one in quite a while. Can you tell the folks at home what exactly is a Sew Here box? A Sew Here box is a collection of useful sewing tools and exclusive swag created by the world's funniest and most knowledgeable sewing podcaster. You mean us? Oh, oh, well, I'll include you, yes. 
I think it's a pretty good description. This So Here box is the refresh edition. It includes some old standby favorites that you might have used up or that you wouldn't mind having duplicates of. Or if you're new to the So Here box, you might not have any of these things, like ZD's favorite scissors, cotton organdy, power shaper net, and magic mauve thread. Plus, I hear we're including some refreshing swag this time. That's right. I can't wait for everyone to see it. We're only shipping 100 of these boxes, and there are just 40 boxes left at the time of this recording. Go to SoHere.com slash go slash box to get yours today. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. Okay, so I am, I'm not covering with fabric, but let's talk right. about, you know, maybe what you would do. And this is a good way to sell some fabric, man. It is. That's why somebody came up with <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> a, quilt, a quilt shop who had some fabric left over could be like, boom, kit. And, and when you cut up the fabric into strips, it ends up looking different. You and different and, look, and right? I will tell you, we, we use um, the cut. It's 100% cotton clothesline. You can use other types. You can use polyester cording. Yeah, you can people, use, people have used all kinds of stuff. Now, uh-huh. you have to think about what you're going to use it for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, you wouldn't want something that melted that you might use that On got a lot of heat hot. or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's why I wanted I to I mean, go. you can just make these flat, and they're like a trivet yeah, or so a hot let's, pad. Let's talk about that. So I'm not wrapping fabric. If you did wrap fabric, now, did they have, to have people cut bias strips? For this, yeah, we did bias. You I did think. buy, yes, because so you're just wrapping because you're the way you're you wrapping go. it, yeah. yeah, and you don't want it to fray. Okay, but I'm not doing that. So, what this is is it's a coil pot. Okay, uh, if you are familiar with ceramics at all, so your coil is your clothesline, and the big thing that you want to keep in mind as you make one of these is to keep your presser foot level. Okay, mm-hmm. so this clothesline is like three-quarter inch, right, clothesline? So that means that – is that what it is, or is it quarter inch? Am I crazy? It's not three-quarters. That's not, yeah, that's not three-quarters. That would be more like quarter, I think. But it's like a bump, 
Okay. Yes. So you know how you can have a trouble when you like come up to a the seam in your jeans? Well, this is thick. Okay. So you have something thick to deal with. So when you're going to start this off, start your base. And if it, you're going to do a circle, you wind the clothesline around in a spiral, a very right. tight spiral. And you start that off. Now, a few people were like, oh, I don't understand how to make an oval one. So I still need to make a video about that. If you want to make an oval one, you're going to start with two parallel lines of clothesline length to be determined by your project. And, you know, sew like that and kind of go around and around and around. And you are going to use – so when I say keep your foot level, always make sure your foot is supported on both sides by these, you know – to, you know, pieces of clothesline that you're putting together. Okay. And then you're going to put these together with a wide sort of long zigzag stitch. Okay. So I have the settings in the blog post. I think this must be five. I would say. Four or five yeah, millimeters wide. I would wide. say four or five. Uh-huh. And actually we're, we're touching a bowl here. This could be longer, but it's kind of nice because the color on, on this one, it's the white, it's mm-hmm. the unbleached clothesline with blue thread and it's, It's giving it kind of a neat color. But test because, you know, different machines can act differently. And what you want to make sure is that as you're sewing along, you're catching two pieces of clothesline. So what I did is, you know, I'm spiraling my clothesline around. You know, it's going to look like a snail. Okay. And I'm putting the, you know, the little space between my two pieces of clothesline. I'm having those line up with the center of my foot. Most of your presser feet have some kind of little notch in the center, like your normal, everyday, all-purpose zigzag foot. And so that's where you need to keep your brain. That's where you need to keep your on eyes. On that landmark. Is on that landmark and keeping those two together. And if you do miss at some point and you get a little hole, you just go back and stitch over it again. So it's not really that big of a deal. But that's what you want. And you're going to build your base. And this is where on my first try, like, I went too wide or I didn't come up. Or, well, is this my first try? I didn't go wide enough. Well, I think the other thing, remember what the other thing is, is, you know, your thread here is imparting a design. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, you can see what's going on with it, sort of. You right. Know, it enhances the spiraling. A lot of people match their thread to the cording or to the fabric. Yeah, so, so that you you know the stitching isn't the obvious. I did part. match my thread on my final ones, right? And it really just kind of takes a little bit. She of a, matched so much thread, we didn't have that color left over, and we had two <laughs> huge spools. It, it of, takes a uh, lot of thread, metrosine. Yeah, yes. takes a lot of thread. So uh, you're gonna do your base first, so it's flat, so you can you know you can kind of turn this into a square. You can you know just have it as a circle, but you're just making that spiral as you make your spiral. Make sure that it is growing to your left, okay? Right. So it's like, no, not right. <laughs> left. <laughs> so you can start to turn this, and you'll notice, uh-oh, this is growing toward the right under my machine. No, I want it to grow to the left. So the the clothesline should be winding around in what I would call a clockwise fashion. Right. Okay. Now, if you mess it up, just cut your thread and flip it over and Right. Start from the other, you know, start going the other way. So it's not that big of a deal. It's very forgiving. Um, and when you get your base to where it needs to be, and I would highly recommend find like a sample vessel. Okay. And I had a bowl that I sort of used one time and I was like, okay, this is four and a half inches in diameter on the bottom. 
because I found it hard to eyeball as I was making it. I really needed to know, okay, when do I need to start turning this? And then, this is when the magic part happens, you tilt up that base that you've made and you continue to sew on your two ropes, your two parallel ropes of clothesline and you keep going and going. So you're basically stacking the rope up your sides of your bowl. And this is where you'll start to get your technique because if you go really tight and you flip up a lot, you'll get something more cylindrical. And if you do it less, you know, if you tilt it less, you'll get something that's um, flatter, more flared out. And so for our banneton, for our bread-proofing bowl, you know, we need something that's a little more bowl-like and less platter-like. And that was, there's a long one over here that I kind of messed up. And I didn't, I feel like I wasn't tilting it up enough. But now that I look at it, I'm like, oh, no, it was probably going fine. So anyway, it did take me a little bit to kind of get my instincts about how much to tip these. And if you are making a bag or something, or like those vases that we were talking about, these people were really tilting them and manipulating them in their machine because they were getting a cylinder, you know, sort of right. shape. And, and I really, you know, Mallory has... A, this one little bowl we are holding is maybe five inches in diameter with a base of maybe two, two and a half, something like that. I would practice at this level. Yeah, yeah. If you have not done this at all, you know, get your technique down, play. And honestly, like, this is the cutest little bowl. Um, it's like you're just ready to put, like, little trinkets Yeah, that in. is a really cute bowl. So, you know, I used, I think, a size 90 universal needle. The The clothesline is, it's it's thick. But it's sort of porous. It's, it's easy it's to very penetrate. Smooth to penetrate. Yeah, it's yes. easy to penetrate. It's easy to penetrate. And so it's you not know, like I a think huge I've deal. used a denim needle. Yeah, um, wouldn't hurt. I don't. Thread doesn't seem. You know, the metrosine thread doesn't seem to break easily or no. anything. It just seems to go right through. Uh, now, all those things can change if your cording changes. That's you know, right. You may want to, you know, fool around with a different needle or, but. Um, or a finer cord. Now, a finer cord would be harder to do, I think. Yeah. I mean, this so the finer your cord, I think. <laughs> yeah, there is a sweet spot. And then, like, a really big cord would be, you know, really hard to do, too. So. Okay, so this brings us to you're like, I'm working with cord. I'm working with clothesline. Wouldn't I use a cording foot? Well, we kind of thought that at first. And a lot of sewing machine companies thought that at first, too. They were like, we're going to sell our double cording foot to make right. these clothesline bowls. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's a great idea. Okay, so double cording feet and the jumbo double cording feet, they're very impressive-looking feet. I highly recommend you buy them to do piping and jumbo piping with, but they actually don't work for this project because you are zigzagging, real wide zigzag, and these feet have these two grooves, okay, and it go the grooves go to the back of the foot, it's you know it's gonna ride over your stitch and so it's like your stitch impedes the movement of that double cording right. foot which is too bad you know right. I mean honestly but honestly it is very easy but it's with, not needed yeah it yeah it, you know using your universal foot or you know whatever foot you know you find to be better I don't know what it was but like I tried the open toed and I wasn't as happy with it. Yeah. I like the universal. So I foot. wanted to bring that up. I actually, I 
I maybe I even more strongly now as I've made as I've made them. I don't recommend the open toe. Right. And I thought that was going to be my yeah, favorite. Me too. Like I'll yeah. be able oh, to visualize. I'll be able to see everything. Able, but yeah. no, you want that universal foot keeps it nice and close supported. together and supported so that you know that's what's worked for us yes so the universe you know uh, it, our foot has a little plastic area which is nice that we can see through but i like having all that contact right because you can get yourself on sort of uneven I, ground i think the other thing too with the cording foot that we found it was it was not as easy to manipulate the different movement like changing your your angle and all of that like with the flat surface we did better you know moving it with our own hands yeah so you're gonna make your bowl you're just gonna keep sewing and sewing and sewing and sewing you guys these are fun and actually i realized that it is rosh hashanah right now and i can wear this it's it's like a little yarmulke there you go um so we then in the facebook group in the video you'll see me talk about decorating them well, I guess, let me talk about finishing it first. So you keep going and going and you get this clothesline. And I just cut it, turn it back, and zigzag over it, and I've got a little hanging loop. Right. Okay? So, or you can not do that. You, you can, can just, just taper zigzag it off, over right? it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Uh, so whatever you want to do there. But then I talked about decorating. And for decorating, actually, this is where you maybe could use the cording foot because I used a straight stitch to apply my cording i didn't know that yes so so she when she says apply the cording the bowl and the shape is finished mm-hmm. now she's adding a decorative almost, yeah couching couching a, a, yes she's couching so she's adding a def a decorative relief design I think I to the inside mm-hmm. of the bowl i think i used a straight stitch i'm almost certain well hopefully i did uh so <laughs> I used a long straight or a long straight stitch and I did trace my design the loop-de-loop design on the bowl. I gave myself like some landmarks at the quarters. On the one that I did in the video, I just sort of add a complementary spiral. And to be honest, that doesn't show up super well on the bread. And mm. and that's okay. It's just like was it worth it, you know? Right. So might as well not do it. But the reason I did that spiral is because it was just a spiral. And I was only going over two layers of cording. So I'm couching cording onto cording. With the loop-de-loops, I at some times was going over three layers. And this was pandemic time, like like widespread lockdown time. And right now we're in a little bit more of a relaxed time uh, at the end of September here. But during that really lockdown time when some stores just, like, were not open, I was like, I'm not going to tell you to go sew over three layers of clothesline <laughs> when you can't get your machine service. You can't get a needle and get <laughs> yeah. machine service. So, so I was like, you know, the the one layer, or the you know, putting the one layer onto the bowl, not too bad. But, I mean, the uh, the Destiny handled it fine. It was, it was no big deal. But I definitely would be careful, maybe choose – a design that's just one layer because you do start to get a pretty big thickness going there. Right, right. You know, I don't know if I would do that with like my $99 machine. Not that that's a bad thing. I don't think all machines should have to sew through three quarters of an inch of clothesline. Um, but but some don't. Yeah, but some don't. So right. th- there we go. You know, I wouldn't like sew for 17 hours a day on saddle leather on this machine, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, 
that that cording design, you know, you can kind of trace it on there with just, I used, just used your graphite pencil. And if you have raw edges, go back and just zigzag over them. It's kind of like you're darning your bowl a little bit. And then you have your decorated bread proofing bowl after that. And it's, it's ready to go. So I flour the bejesus out of it. The first, I, you know, I say that I don't like when it's seasoned, but it does seem to be getting easier. Maybe I'm getting better, you know, <laughs> at what I'm doing. Maybe you're seasoned. Maybe I'm seasoned. I don't know. The first couple times I did it, I had Derek take a video. Well, maybe it was like absorbing more moisture or, or something. Or the fibers have been like yeah. beat down right. or something. Yeah. I have no idea. Like it has softened up a little bit. Or maybe, like I said, maybe I'm making a dough that actually isn't as sticky anymore so I'm I'm not sure I guess exactly what's going on um and if you do have rice flour I'm not saying not to use it I'm just saying I don't have any and rice flour is much finer so it will be like a better lubricant for you I'm wondering if it's slicker it's very yeah Yeah. it's almost cornstarchy so I think you can take some rice and buzz it in your um I'm not doing that Vitamix and get some rice flour I'm not doing that okay Uh, you you probably could, but I'm not gonna do that. That I've been I've been like making my own pasta, and I'm not gonna make my own make rice, rice flour. flour. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, use that, and it'll it will it could possibly stick a little bit. But if your dough, if you've like done the right thing by your dough, it's actually far more durable than you think it is. I guess I. At first, I was just, like, so worried it would deflate or something like that, and I haven't had a problem with it. And I wasn't slashing it deeply enough at first, and I'll, now I'm just like, rah, 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 you know. So, <laughs> Well, we hope. The much more, more we do something, the better we get at it. Yeah, no, yes. I'm, I'm much, much more of a pro, except this morning I kind of burnt a loaf. But then the loaf that I didn't burn, I think maybe it was a little underbaked. So, well, you know, you know when— when we started with the pandemic, I went through this thing, and I don't know if it was psychological or what, but I kept leaving things in the oven for, like, hours. <laughs> it was really weird. I would forget to set the timing on my phone, and I was doing all this multitasking. And ta- tasking. And I actually left some chicken breast in the oven Yeah. for, like, three hours. And let me tell you, you can you can, you can revive a chicken <laughs> breast. Oh, did you save them with broth? Yeah, oh, I just would have fed I them to shred, the chicken. I shredded it. Oh wow! And put broth in it. It was great. Well, good, good for yeah. you. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, I would just been like whatever. Well, I know I thought this is a loss, and actually it wasn't. So I don't know. Well, I'm 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 very impressed. Yeah, the pandemic has definitely affected me um, psychologically. Sometimes I'm like, I just can't like fill out another new online form like for some reason that is what's going on but yeah I the reason I messed up this morning is because I mentioned for the baking process you like change temperatures and you preheat things and all this stuff well we've been going through the sourdough and so I was like I'm gonna make two loaves this morning right and so that first one that I made I forgot to turn the oven down and I think in my brain I was like well I've got another one to do <laughs> the oven needs to be at this temperature, so whatever. Brain, she's you telling know. you her brain wasn't working. Yeah, it was. It wasn't working quite right. And then, yeah, I think the other one was actually slightly underdone, like not raw, but I I could have cooked it longer. So, anyway, uh, that's that's the wonderful adventure of pan. And I I eat sourdough like at every <laughs> meal now. It's like for breakfast, soft boiled eggs, 
sourdough and like some yogurt or something or whatever. Oh. You're making me hungry. Sourdough, You're peanut making butter, me hungry. and jelly. You're making me hungry. Good. Sourdough, peanut butter, and jelly. Now go make me a sourdough, so peanut butter, and jelly. I'm hungry. because okay, I don't even like I haven't it. had lunch and you made me get them to work. Uh, I, I don't even like peanut butter and jelly that much, but like I made it for the kids. I was like, this is amazing. Zelda loves sourdough. And then for lunch, toasted sourdough. You smash up an avocado. You put like mustard in it. So it's because at first I was like, I'm going to put mayo and then avocado. And then I was like, I'll just make the avocado the mayo. And so I smashed up the avocado, put mustard and like some salt and pepper in it. And then I just put like this entire tomato sliced on top of it. And it was so beautiful and so good. Okay. People could, you could be making people really and hungry. And then for dinner. We get that CSA, that Community Supported Agriculture, and you get a bunch of eggplant, and you get a bunch of squash, and you make yourself a ratatouille in your same beautiful purple Emile Henry Dutch oven, and then you serve it with some sourdough. There you go. As, as a side. So anyway, I'm just saying, it's really, it's it's putting in the miles, okay? Also, one more cool thing. I don't know if we've mentioned stasher bags on here. I, I talk about them sometimes. They're the silicone reusable resealable bags and i'm in love with them and they're super durable and they like are replacing ziploc bags and they came out with a new size and it fits a whole sourdough loaf wow so i froze I one, one. I yeah well one i bought I, I bought wow. two to test them yeah and then uh, and they're they're not cheap like well, i said no, they're I, not they're they're not but they do i mean we have now just recently after two years of using them had one rip and I think that was our old dishwasher's fault. So I don't even think it was like stasher bag's fault. But anyway, they came up with this new bag, and I thought I was going to have to cut the loaf in half to store it in there. So I just did. But then both halves fit in it. So I have one in the freezer. And bread, if you don't freeze your bread, you should be thinking about doing that because it is something that can be frozen and thawed very easily. Um, Derek didn't believe me about this for a while. How could he? he he's like... Almost 40 years old, and yes. he never knew bread got so frozen. So I was like, you can freeze it. It's fine. Then you just put it on the counter, and then you put it in the toaster. And I was like, I don't know. And then he comes to me. He's like, you know, I just read this article in the New York Times about freezing bread. And I was like, I, you so know. He, so if, it, the, if it's uh, in oh, the great. New York Times, it's got to be in the New York Times. for I can't remember what else, but I told him something else. And he was like, I, I did read about that in the New York Times. <laughs> now I believe you. And I went, great. Okay. It's nice to be validated. Yeah, nice to be validated by the New York Times. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening about the Bread Proofing Bowl. And if you want to make your own, there is just a really awesome blog post right up on the um, on SoHere.com. And actually, if you really want to do us a favor, don't go to SoHere.com. Like, Google how to sew a bread proofing bowl and then click on our link. Give us some good Google juice to the oh, site. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SoHere.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 